With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode of After the Whistle contains profanity. Listener discretion advised. Please enjoy. Episode 90. And Jeremy Ronick back on with us here for another great episode, I'm sure. Good morning, you guys gentlemen. Are just flying. You guys are just flying 90 episodes already. Whew. 90 episodes, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, been, it's been an interesting ride, eh, Riv? It has. Like, it's been it a is. lot of fun, though. Like, it, it feels like, it, it does feel like yesterday that we just decided that we were going to do something different. And and move on to something new and build something, you know. And it, it's been a it's been a great ride so far. It's been a lot of fun. I guess, but it's gone by quick. Awesome Ninety guests. episodes. Ninety. Yeah. What's that, Jeremy? What'd you say? So you guys have got some good 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 guests too. Some really interesting people and some great stories. And it's been it's been awesome. It's been well, aside aside to. from aside from having you on weekly, which we greatly appreciate, by the way. Um, you know, we had Brent Sopel on way back, like episode nine, and that was a very, uh, you know, emotional conversation oh, sure. after the Kyle beach incident and stuff. And, um, all of, uh, soaps, uh, personal stuff that he's had to deal with. And, um, and then we had Bobby Ryan on, you know, I know, you know him, we had, uh, yeah. Ryan leaf on just kind of went out, you know, out of the box and went and grabbed a football player and someone who, you know, obviously has had his struggles and completely, you know, turned his life around, which, and I remember after we had him on, you two were tweeting back and forth. You tweeted yeah, something yeah. to him and then he was like, Oh my God, Jeremy Roenick, yeah. like, you know, like, yeah, uh, it's, it's I think cool. he's, he's, he's a hockey cool. fan. It's very cool. Um, yeah, it's, I, I'm, I'm curious to hear the story that you, that you, that you have for the, for us, for the show, um, to start the show. I don't know if you want to, if you want to go there, but, well, this, there was there were two. There was one that Craig and I were talking about before the show, uh, but then there's also a story that I have specifically for you. Uh, that's something that happened to me last week that involves you. So, which one would you like, um, Craig? Craig, you know you, you don't know both stories, but you know the. I'm not telling the first story. Yes, you are. I'll tell it then. <laughs> well, let's start. Let, let's start with it. So, last week, I'm at FedEx. I'm standing in line. And there's a gentleman behind the counter. He's got to be, I don't know if he's my age, maybe a little younger. And he's, he's working behind the counter and he sees me standing there and he's he, like, he's, he's busy. Right. So it's not like he had time to go and like set something up to come over and show me. He's working, working, working. He looks up and he sees me. He walked right over to me and he pulled his phone out of his pocket. And it was Thursday it was about 10:15 in the morning. I had just released the first half of our Turner Stevenson episode. So part 1. So whatever that was episode 88 maybe, 87. So he looks he he puts picks up his phone and he shows me the screen 
after the whistle, Turner Stevenson part one. He was like 20 minutes into it. I just posted it half an hour before, 45 minutes before. That's so awesome. he looked, he looks at the, he, and he goes, I don't miss an episode. And he, he, uh, he shows me the episode and he's a few minutes in or 20 minutes into the Turner Stevenson one. So I was like, Oh man, that's, that's unbelievable. Thank you so much. Like that's like, talk about someone who's like right up to the minute. Right. So I do my thing and, and he's standing off to the side now. And I went over to him and I just said, Hey, listen, I appreciate your support. What's your name? I'd like to mention your name on the show. And he said, my name is Eli. He said, I love your show. He said, thank you. He said, but do me one favor. Please tell JR I said hello. He goes, I love Gio. I love Elliot. I love all your guests. He said, but I am such a Jeremy uh, Roenick fan. You know, he goes, so please. And he was like, he wasn't nervous, but you could tell that he was, he was, you know, just kind of like, he didn't know like, uh, you know, what he could say or couldn't say. And, I, you know, he's like, but please. Just tell Jr. that I love him and that I say that's hello. Awesome. See, so, that makes that makes everything great, right? Through all the stupid things that people say, through all the stupid woke people that try to cancel you, through all the the, the dumb bullshit. Like even just one one comment like that. So Eli, you're the best, man. You you, you are the best. I appreciate it. you. Made my day, and you know, listen. That made it's made that made my you, day. Like. Yeah, I, and you I text somebody, man. And you I never, somebody, and I never right. talk about that stuff. Like if someone comes up and says hello or whatever, I mean, like or mentions the show. Like I don't, I don't talk about it. I don't pump our own tires or my tires on the air anyway when it's recording. Um, but this was, <laughs> this was pretty cool. This was like a cool little moment, and it was, and it was that. But it was also the fact, like, like he's he wasn't bullshitting. He wasn't like, hey, I love the show, and never listens to it. He like had it episode right up to like the like i just posted it i posted it like 9 30 that morning and i was at That's fedex great. at 10 15 and he had already he'd already started listening to that day's episode so eli thanks for the support that's awesome oh, yeah that's so great story that's, that's uh you that's know what and, and i and i will add to this um to the people out there that are sending uh messages to our account um there's there's a lot of people that are that are um, emailing in or, or you know sending notes to us and stuff and we're taking in all the information we're reading every single one of them just to understand that know that um, we're not getting back to everybody because there's there's a lot of people that are that are are uh, you know sending reaching us out. messages yeah. yeah reaching out just know that we're we're reading them all and you know what I really like is uh, there's a lot of great stories that people are are telling us um, about emotional things that we've gone through in our lives. And PD, you talked about, you know, you dealing with, uh, you know, your, your issue with, with alcohol uh, years and years ago. And, um, you know, the all the other that happened, shit that all goes the other along stuff with that, Yeah. All the other stuff that happened to you when you were younger and uh, it, it's touched a lot of people. Okay. This has touched a lot of people and people are, sending us these 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 notes and uh believe me we're reading them all and we appreciate right. them all we love uh that you guys have uh, uh an avenue to to let it let it out because we're we're reading them taking it all in and uh you know we we i i it's it's one of my favorite parts of of doing this podcast is having that um interaction with um you know, our listeners and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's keep, great. keep them coming. It's, it's, it's great. To, it's great to hear. Yeah. 
And it's funny you said that that they have an avenue. I will tell you this. Um, um, I, you know, being on your show and then doing a couple other shows, I've mentioned that I was on on LinkedIn. Now, what's crazy is my LinkedIn profile. I get I get things on my phone now. You know, this guy wants to connect. Johnny wants to connect. Lisa wants to connect. Tommy wants to like. It's I had forty eight hundred um friend request on LinkedIn the other day. And you know, and I just say accept, 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 because I I you never know when a when a job or 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 some business is going to come out of out of one of one of our listeners or one of my fans or somebody that just wants to come over LinkedIn and say, hey JR, it's you know, uh miss you on TV, miss you here, miss you there. And it's it's really nice to see. So people now have a way to get to me without having my phone number through LinkedIn. And it's just been going crazy. I'm like, man, should I, should I keep this on? Is it going to keep going? But I'm telling you, the fans, listeners are really, really awesome. And when you sit and you read them like you guys are reading them, you'll find that they're very informative. They are, uh, they're passionate and they're, they're not it's it's the modern way of fan mail, eh? Without you know sending yeah. a card and getting yeah. an autograph, yeah. you know, it's a little easier to respond. And um, I mean, you know, it's we're, not that hard. It's not, it's not that hard to click on, and say, hey, thanks a lot, thanks for the support, whatever. You know, have a great day. Yeah, I try to do that as I try to do that as much as I can. But um, I will say for the for the for the every one hater for me there's there's 15 or 20 people that write really great things so yeah. it's 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 been it's been a good little ride here and and you know what I'll say too about the ones that write the hate too by the way we're atw5276 at gmail.com if you didn't know that we had an email and you're listening and you can always email us about anything constructive criticism i guess criticism if you know you want to be a dick but um you know and personal stuff too because you know we've we've lived it all, but um, you know those those haters. What was I going to say about the haters? Uh, you know, it's like I, I think sometimes that's just an avenue for of, for them to let their shit out too. You know, because everyone's dealing with something and people don't know how to let it out and they take it out on others. I just, right? I, I, I just, I, I'm, I don't know about you guys, but I, I I read some of these things and that that are said to me or about me and i sit there and i say wow it would it, have to be i'd have to really dislike somebody or he'd have to do something really like really bad or really dumb for me to reach out and say some of these things that i hear i mean i've had people say that they they hope i die in a fiery plane crash they don't even know me like what did i do so bad to to you know to want that to happen to me yeah, like, there's, there's, like, there's I, a I lot just, of venom out there man like i'll give you a perfect example like i i don't know let's take for instance what, what i've said on the show i don't know mike yo at all okay and i and i called him a piece of shit on this on this podcast because i know what he did to a player and his actions of what he did to a player and how I felt about it. And I'm sure about how a lot of athletes felt about that decision that Mike Yo said. And that's a, that's a dramatic. So to me, I thought it was relevant for me to say that because that's how I felt, but I wouldn't like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't yell at Mike Yo and say, 
I hope you die in a fiery plane crash. The things that some people say are so evil. I'm like, <laughs> what's, what is wrong with you? Like, what, there's something seriously wrong in your brain or you don't like yourself that much yeah. that, that, you know, you hate life that much that you want you know, something bad to happen to somebody yeah. else. It's like, okay if you don't like me, but you know, like, Hey, like I got, I got a kid, eh? like, you know, I don't want to die just yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just crazy. It's just, it's just amazing. It's amazing to me. Like, it's okay to, to say certain things, but to, to ask for ill well, on somebody. Okay. Let's, let's get into something else here quickly before we get into Dallas last night, Austin Matthews, 60 goals, uh, you know, Jack Eichel, gotta talk about Jack Eichel, but, uh, um, let's talk about this. How about Mike Tyson on the plane the other day? Awesome. Did you see? Awesome. Awesome is I right. This is the, this is what I was talking about with Will Smith. I was like, you can't go around hitting people. Did you see this asshole? Did you see what he was doing? He deserved it. End of story, period. That's it. And you know what? The guy. So, so for the people out there that, because I, I did see the, I did see. Don't say the people that out there that don't know what we're talking about. There's, there's no lots of people that don't know that, that don't know what you're talking about. So you don't explain to me what happened. There, there's a lot of people out there that don't even know who the president of the United States is. So I'm sure there's a lot of You're telling me that people out there don't know that Mike Tyson beat somebody up on an airplane. <laughs> millions, millions, millions and millions and millions of people don't know. Well, but yes. Let this be a wake up call for, you know, all you mouthpieces out there. Well, what happened? Uh, well, listen, first of all, there's a lot of things to this, right? Number one, can you guys, can you guys agree with me that the second most scariest thing that can happen on a plane, the second most scariest thing that can happen on a plane is seeing Mike Tyson coming over, over a seat at you <laughs> with Brian Spiss. That's the second most. We know what the first most like frightening thing on a plane can be, but that's the second most. Number two, this guy got on the plane hammered he was hammered and you know when you start nitpicking at at, at somebody and you start uh, bothering him and saying things to him and being annoying and coming over over the chair at him like mike just wants to he just wants to fly just leave me alone and this guy kept coming at him coming at him because he was hammered and he was looking at his buddy like oh this is so funny oh, this is mike tyson all the peasants and then then he threw like a a, a a like a water bottle over the chair. Really, allegedly, and, supposedly, allegedly, but allegedly, but that's what yeah. that's what said. Yeah, that he threw a water bottle. And then he got his ass kicked. Now, now you're telling we, me that got, Mike Tyson came over the top of the seat and started over pounding. the top of the seat. Have you not the seen the video, Craig? I've not. Listen, oh my god! Listen, this is why I'm saying explain what happened. I saw. This happened what four days ago, five days ago, or something like that. Something last like that. Week, last okay, week, last week. So last week. what I what I did see was this this guy who was sitting behind Mike Tyson. Obviously, his buddy was videotaping it, and he was being completely belligerent. And I mean, yeah. it was disrespectful on so yeah. many levels to Mike Tyson, who was sitting in front of him. And that's all I saw. I, I watched it for about a couple minutes and then the video stops. And I didn't, <laughs> I didn't see what happened after that. So I just Mike thought, came over, Mike, Mike came over the top and 
and over the seat and totally just, you know, left, right, left, right, left, right, and cut him up in the head. And, yeah. um, and you know what's funny? He was giving it about 10%. He was not yeah, giving 100%, because if he did, the guy would have been dead. He was, yeah. he was like giving him, it was like he was giving him noogies. It's what it looked like. Like he was just giving him like really hard little punches, but little hard, little, hard little punches from Mike Tyson's like any one of us throwing a bomb. Yeah, exactly. Really? But, but, so, this, so this is my, this is my issue. And number one, some, sometimes people are just really, really stupid. They're really stupid. Now, does the airline, it looked like it was JetBlue Mint, right? Does the airline take a little bit of responsibility for allowing a guy that is that intoxicated to get on the plane? Number one, they're, they're setting themselves up for, for trouble in, in case if something happens, which did here. And you know this guy now because he lawyered up and he's going to try to sue Mike Tyson because he got beat up. Like the, the gall of people when you're the one that started everything, you are the instigator of everything. You're the one that nitpicked somebody. You're the one that threw a water bottle and you get punched and you have the audacity to go say, I sue you. I hope yeah. that guy gets, gets his thrown out of court and Mike Tyson sues him back for, you know, um, for whatever he can sue him for. I don't even know, but I, it's just so, it drives me. Drives me nuts. Crazy. Drives me the nuts. Audacity, All these people, that's what I'm talking about. People. All these people like this guy. And listen, there are moments in my life where I've been out in public and I deserve to get my ass beat too. But the point is, is that this guy is protected by the law. If you're going to, like, if you're going to push the buttons on somebody like that, that hard, you should, you, you should not be protected like that. I mean, you deserve at a certain no. point to get your, your teeth punched in. I don't, like, exactly. yes, does it sound medieval? I mean, not so much because medieval, they probably would have hung him up and done something else. But I mean, I'm just talking about the fact that it's like, why do people think it's okay? Like, if you can't hit the person being an asshole, then why do people think it's okay to just go out and be an asshole? I, I just don't get it. Yeah, I, know it, your audience it, too. But know your audience too, right? If you're this guy, know, know who you're antagonizing. It's not like this guy was antagonizing a guy, say somebody like, Tom Hanks. But that's right. why he was doing right. it to him, JR. He was antagonizing Tyson because he knew he didn't think Tyson would do anything because because there's lawsuits, because of his prior or maybe, lawsuits. Or, or maybe he or maybe he knew that he would. Maybe he, he hoped he would. And he would have because there are people out there. You just you can't Crazy. just talk shit to people and think that it's that it's okay. Yeah. Well, you know what's going to happen with this case with Mike Tyson is this this young man thinks that he was violated on that airplane. And what's going to happen is, you know, with any Mike Tyson has representation and you know what they're going to do. They're going to they're going to, you know, sue sue back and it's and, and it's going to be in the courts forever. And this guy's mm -hmm. not going to be able to financially do it. That's what's going to happen. I mean, this kid is in the wrong. Like, it is so ridiculous. But if I was Mike Tyson, I would, I would counter sue this, this kid until he has not a pot to piss in. That's not a bad idea either. Anyway, I just, I just, I know it, it, I was hoping, JR, we could get a, uh, 
get a little Mike Tyson impersonation leading us on to the next conversation of the Dallas Stars man, Vegas we, game. Man, will you, just leave, will you just leave me alone, man? I just want to wrap it. I just want to get on the plane and just go work. I just want to go I just to want to sleep, man. Place. I just I just want to go to sleep. I'm I'm tired. I'm sorry. I want to go to sleep, man. Just please leave me alone. I just man. smoked a whole bunch of weed, man. I just want to I just want to lie down and close my man. eyes. Man, geez, I can't give an autograph right now, man. I got to go to sleep. Just come on, man. Leave me alone. Hey. Leave me alone. JR, I'm gonna so, kick your ass, man. I'm gonna kick your ass. I'm telling I'm you one more your, word. I'm knocking your teeth out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you said, you know, that what's the first scariest thing on an airplane? You said that the one of the second scariest would be finding Mike Tyson. Oh crap. I thought the first scariest thing on an airplane would have got would have been getting caught doing the mile high club. But I mean like, and then the plane crash yeah, number. That, that, no, 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 plane crash is definitely scarier than that. <laughs> <laughs> um Speaking of plane crash, the Vegas Golden Knights, they managed to hang on with a point last night. This is a transition. Managed to hang on with a point last night, but not sure it's going to be enough. I don't know, JR, if you saw the game or not, but I will just go out on a limb and say that game was absolutely incredible. And they're one point. Dallas needs one point. But that one point is two points. Right, because of, because they played each other, yeah. right? So that's two one points point. you can get. Yeah. Two points the other team can't get. That is correct. So Four point that, game. That is a that is a very difficult uh, point to lose if you're if you're Vegas because that extra point would have been a huge huge difference. And it goes back again. It goes back again. You can look at games all the way through the season. And games where Vegas just didn't show up, didn't play well, um, blew like lost to one of the worst teams, and like like when they lose, lost to Arizona a couple times this year. You know those wins back in November, back in December, when you just think it's just a regular, like just a normal game in regular season, on games that you should win, but you take the night off, and you're going to end up being one or two points out of the playoffs and that's what we talk about all the time and games like that last night show why those games in november and december against the worst teams in the league come back to bite you or march 10th when they lose to uh, buffalo so so can i ask a question here so i'm looking on nhl uh, network right now nhl.com and it has the uh western conference seeded teams Everybody has an X beside their their uh, team, except for the Dallas That's Stars. Dallas. Do not have an X yet. Why is that? Dallas cannot catch. Vegas can't catch Dallas. Vegas is that is that not correct? There's two games remaining. Dallas has 80 games. Vegas has 80 games. If Vegas wins the next two games, they have 95 points. If Dallas loses their next two games, they have 95 points. But Dallas has more wins mm-hmm. at 45 to Dal- uh, Vegas. They don't, they, they, don't go, they, don't, they don't go wins first. They go regulation wins. The, the, the Rose. Okay. Okay. So are you telling me right now that Vegas still has a chance to make the playoffs? Yes. Dallas needs one point. One point they played tonight against Arizona. I think it's Arizona. Yep. And then they play they, against the Ducks. Yeah. 
They're yeah, like, so regulation, they, they go to regulation wins first, right? Before okay. they go to total wins because they don't count total wins first because of those wins in overtime. So they, they take into consideration winning in regulation are, is more, uh, more valuable or important for playoff seeding. Arizona doesn't want to win this game tonight. Jeez, they're two points ahead of Montreal. They're trying to get the best odds for the game. They've kid. already screwed their situation up. Yeah. Right now, Montreal. It, here, can I ask this question? Because, well, I, hold on, hold on. You want to talk about last place. I don't want to leave the Vegas-Dallas thing. How catastrophic is this for Vegas? Before We'll get into that conversation, but I don't want to leave okay. this one just yet. Right. How catastrophic is this for Vegas, JR, that with the way the team was built, they traded for Jack. Jack has not really performed much in the last, you know, five games. Um, you know, a lot of people saying he didn't play well last night, regardless, you know, like how catastrophic is this for this organization? I, I, I don't, I don't think it's catastrophic at all. To tell you the truth. I think it's, I think it's a big letdown, but just <clears throat> remember what this team has done in the first four years of its, of its existence. Went to the Stanley Cup the first year. Went to this, the conference finals the next year. I mean, this this team has done amazing things in its first four years, and now they have a little sense of uh, of realism and adversity. Uh, I think they've already created a fan base because of their first four years. They're not going to lose fans because they're missing the playoffs. Yeah. What they're going to lose is what they're going to lose is they're going to lose a big stint of playoff money that is going to burn. Now, and they have a very high payroll now, obviously, too, with getting Jack and so on and so forth, getting Trangelo. So on. so they have spent the money. Not having that, those, that playoff money is, is the worst thing that's going to happen. Or, and maybe, that, you know, I, I know, I'm not even going to say that. It's the, it's the worst thing that's going to happen to them. But it's going to tell those players, hey, you guys aren't shoe-ins for the playoffs. It's going to make those fans say, crave the playoffs again. They're, they're not going to lose fans. I don't think that because they're missing the playoffs. So I don't think it's that catastrophic, but it just goes to show you that doesn't matter how good your team is. It's a tough, tough fucking league, man. Yeah. Is this a, a playoff team, JR? Um, is I this think a playoff is. team? I think well, not if is, they miss but... the playoffs or not. <laughs> No, well, that's not true. Listen, I mean, each and every team, team is is going to have is going to have injuries. Petey, we know that. I was just being, I was just being a dick, obviously. Um, but well, what team's better? What team's better? The Los Angeles Kings or the Vegas Golden Knights? Well, I can say Vegas has a better hockey team when healthy than a lot of teams in the league. Correct, correct, correct. They, it is a it is a playoff team. But they, again, yes, if you want to go back to the injury bug that they've had all year. Um, but, but then again, look at, look, at the, look at the Pittsburgh Penguins. Look at, the, look at the, years, the years that the Pittsburgh Penguins over the last five years, six years, have had to endure. They, they were probably the, the most injury-riddled team in the National Hockey League. And they found a way to, make, to get into the playoffs. Every Even year. now, this year they've missed Malkin and Crosby. This year they still fail. And, and, and Gensel and yeah, Gensel. They've had they've had some major. Uh, if you look at the man games missed with Pittsburgh, even this year, and look where Pittsburgh is now. I will have to say 
Mike Sullivan did, did an amazing job of kind of changing their mentality and their system and the, and the way that they played hockey when they didn't have all their best players in that allowed them to win hockey games. Vegas didn't. They didn't do it. And that's that's the difference. Sometimes coaching makes a big difference. And you know, I don't I don't think I don't think Vegas got the proper coaching or coached their team the proper way, changed their their mentality. Because when you don't have the biggest scorers in your lineup, you can't still get into track meets with teams. You got to change it up. Pittsburgh Penguins became one of the best defensive teams in the game when they didn't have their best players in. I'll and say this. Was, go, go ahead, finish up. No, I, I'm just saying that's that's smart. That's a smart mentality. Sometimes you have to you have to be a chameleon and change your colors. Yeah, right. Well, both both goalies last night were unfriggin' believable. But that Thomas kid, jeez, yeah. is he good? He is good. Yeah, he looked fantastic. Yeah. What were your thoughts uh, of Jack Eichel's game in uh, possibly the biggest game of his NHL career? I thought he played I his ass I, off. I, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I didn't see it, so I can't. I, I just watched it off off my phone, like I told you guys. I watched the scores rather than the actual games. But um, so what? What? What did he play? Was it one of his better games? What no, he, he didn't. He didn't play a great game, Jr. Um, but he played his ass off. I mean, I I said to we have a text going. Thomas Vanek sent us a text last night randomly, and. Um, and we were talking about it, and, and he said, you know, he was talking about the game or whatever. And and I said to the guys, like, I feel like Jack's almost trying too hard in the game. Like, he was he was flying. He was going so hard. Like, he went into a pile, and he he went ass over tea kettle. And, like, I, I and I appreciated his effort. Like, you can tell this guy cares. And you can tell that I almost feel, JR, like if he scored – if he scored, he would have gone into the corner and Craig's Craig Reve would have popped in his head and he would have been like, fuck you, Riv. Like I, I swear <laughs> I swear to God that, that would have that might have happened. But I just um he's just he's terrible defensively. I mean, I'll 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 say it. I mean, like he looks like I did on the ice on a random shift. He looks like I did when I got caught on the ice against uh, Spezza Heatley and Alfredson. Just lost in the in the defensive zone. But he yeah, plays yeah. hard. Plays hard. Let me ask you a question. Sorry, Riv, you didn't like what I was saying or what? No, I didn't like what you're fucking saying. So let me uh let me have my piece now. <laughs> JR. Jack Eichel plays, I'm going to look him up right now. Jack Eichel plays probably 20 minutes, 21. I, I, would, I would probably put him at 21 minutes a night. I don't, he actually played 24 minutes, 24 minutes of hockey. JR, I want you to tell me how much, how much time on the ice in the 24 minutes does Jack Eichel have the puck on his tape? People that are listening need, they're going to have their eyebrow raised when they hear this statistic. 24 minutes Jack was on the ice. Okay. How, how much time does Jack have the puck on a stick? Probably a minute. Okay. So one minute. We're going to go, JR, because um, 
you know, I use this statistic because years and years and years ago, um, Canada was playing in the Olympics, okay? And they were talking about the top players on the team at the time. Joe Sackick was the top player on the team at the time, and he had the most the most time with the puck and he had played like 22 minutes that night. And, and what people don't understand is Joe Sackick had the puck on his stick for like a minute and 10 seconds, one minute and 10 seconds out of 22 minutes on the ice. So I'm going to go back to my question to Jr. Jr. 24 minutes with Jack Eichel on the ice. How much time does Jack Eichel have the puck on his stick? Do you actually have the statistic in front of you? Or are you asking him for, for an average? I, I'm, I'm, I, I still, he knows. I still... JR knows that the average of what he's not, it's not 100%, but with Jack Eichel playing 24 minutes, Jack Eichel probably has the t- puck on his tape yeah. a minute, maybe 20 seconds. We'll give him a high number. A minute yeah. and 20 seconds. A minute and 20, 20 seconds is, is, is a lot. Well, that, this is this is what I'm going to try and tell you guys. For a minute and 20 seconds, Jack Eichel is the best player on the ice. Hmm. When he has the puck on his stick, he is the best player, one of the best players in the world. He is dynamic as shit. He makes plays that are mind-boggling. You cannot get the puck off him when he has the puck on his stick. How often in 24 minutes of hockey, JR, does he have the puck on his stick? A minute and 20 seconds. So Jack Eichel for a minute and 20 seconds is absolutely outstanding. The other 22 minutes and 40 seconds or whatever, he's extremely average. He's extremely average. Because half of it is he's defending on half of it. And we know that Jack does not... He, I'm not saying he's a horrendously bad defender, but that is not his strong suit whatsoever. He does not understand the small intangibles of playing really solid defense. Okay. And he gives up scoring chances because he loses positioning and understanding of where to be in the defensive zone. So he gives up opportunity. And, and that's for me, you're talking about how did Jack play last night? I thought he played fantastic. Like, for me, when Jack has the puck on his stick, he is one of the best players in the world. But for the other 22 minutes of the game, he is he is average at best. Well, there's a player, <laughs> there's a player that we uh, we we marvel at now that was exactly the same as Jack at the same age as Jack. And his name is Alex Ovechkin. Same thing. One of the best players we've ever seen with the puck. And then without the puck, he was god-awful. And something clicked. And you know what clicked? You know what clicked? His desire to, to play 200 feet. Well, his, coaching his, too. Well, yeah, but it's the coaching that made him make that decision. Okay, and I think it's, so it's and coaching. I, and, I, and I also think he listened to the critics. I think he listened to people saying he's lazy back-checking. Uh, he doesn't play in his own zone. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't read defense well. He loafs. He stops skating. Um, I think he's watched tape and and has watched himself um, just you know just coast back through neutral ice. And 
at some point when you want to be a superstar and when you want to win and you want to be that guy that's looked at as one of the best players in the game, you have to make that decision that you are going to work at the opposite. You're going to work at the defensive end. You're going to put a little bit more effort. You're going to watch more tape and you're going to know your position better rather than just oh, when I don't have the puck, my brain goes dead. I just have to get back until we get the puck. And Jack right now, he, all he thinks about is putting the puck in the net to help his team win offensively. And then when he, they don't have the puck, he's like, he, he will work, but he won't work correctly. He won't work smart. You can work as hard as you want and go to the wrong positions and you're going to lose your guy and you get scored on. But yeah. it's almost, you know, how many, it's almost, how many, how many coaches right. out there, how many coaches out there that Jack has had through, and I'm going to go way back, way back to this. Jack's 10 years old, absolutely shredding Boston hockey. Okay. How many coaches from, from that time all the way to now, have coached Jack properly. I think coaches are afraid of Jack. I think he is, he is so good. He has been so good for so long that I think it, it's almost like, and this is me, I, I could be completely wrong, but it's almost like coaches are afraid to coach Jack. Because I, think of, I think a lot, I think, I think there's a lot, lot to that. And I think there's a lot of coaches that are afraid to, change dynamic unique offensive talented players and and mess with that mentality or mess with that that uh that ability to to put the puck in the net because it's hard to score goals and it's hard to put points on the board uh on a on a regular night on a regular basis and you need those guys to do that on a nightly basis it's the coaches that say that have the uh, that have the balls and have the care in their team to say, Hey, listen, I don't care how much you put the puck in the net, how offensive you are. You have to, you have to learn and play defensively the right way, or I can't put you on the ice in certain situations. I'll ask uh, Scotty you know? Bowman, Steve Eiserman. I'll uh, Mike, Mike Sullivan. Right. I mean, you look at, I mean, granted, Sidney Crosby has been a, a complete player for a long time, but you can't tell me that, um, you know, that Genzel doesn't hear it from Mike Sullivan, that he's got to be, you know, the defensive aspect of the game and they work the defensive zone in practice, like probably, probably 70% of practice rather than the offensive. Yeah. You know, Do you, and this is something that Thomas Vanek, when, uh, yeah, I thought this was weird last night. Eh? Vanner's like our best buddy right now, eh, Petey? Just wants to like love chat Vanner. with us, like, you know, talk about the game in Vegas and Dallas. I'm like, bud, he, you're not in the circle of trust. He must be bored. Yeah. He must be super bored if he's super bored. <laughs> but he knows that we're up watching this game. So Vanner's texting with uh, all night with us. And, and he brought up a great point. And this is something that I 100% agree with. You can tell me what your thoughts are, JR. But when you look at the lineup that, that Dallas has, you, you know, Jack Eichel is playing with Evgeny Daninoff and Yanmark. And I'm like, 
Why is Jack Eichel not playing with a Mark Stone and a Max Pacioretty? Why is Jack Eichel not playing with a um, uh, Marchesso, who's a sniper, who's got 29 goals and he, and he can create and he can score. And Jack ha- has the ability to you know, garner so much pressure that Jack will be able to make plays to these the this a guy like him that can score goals like like why are you putting Jack Eichel with Yanmark and and Dananoff <laughs> like I just don't like if it didn't if it if it was not working at some point in time I just think you know you have William Carlson who has sucked ass balls like literally all year long he looked very very average last night. I would have taken him off that line with Marchizo and put Jack Eichel there. Yep, hundred percent. But hundred percent. And and Thomas Vanek is the one that brought Again, it up. And 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 by the way, you know what's you know what's crazy is we always we 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 in the, the hockey world always talk about um, you know coaches how their 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 bench mentality, reading the game, being able to change on the fly. Right? Some coaches just can't get their just their system out of their head and they don't have that sense of they need change and being able to, to, um, to read the game and play the game the way that it should be with mixing up their lines. There's not a lot of coaches that, you know, that have that awesome ability to say, Hey, listen, we need to stack up the first two lines, play one, two, three, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, one, two, three, four and keep these top guys together, that's going to increase my chances, especially in a big game like last night. It's a great point, Riv. Great point. Yeah. You know? Another point I'll bring up just to end this uh, conversation. The Dallas Stars are going to be in huge, huge cap trouble very soon because their their young uh, group of players that are up and coming. So you have... Robertson, who Sick. just just scored, Jason Robertson just scored his fortieth goal last night. Okay, this kid's twenty two year. years old. Second year, second year, year. Okay, and he had an unbelievable year last year: seventeen goals and forty five points in fifty one games. I think it was. Um, but Jason Robertson needs to needs to get paid, and he's twenty two years old, and he scored forty goals already. And there's, I think that this kid is going to be a rock star when he's 25, 27, six, three. So what, how do you pay this guy? How do you pay Roop Hints, who is, is, I think an absolute beast. I think he is awesome. awesome. Um, One of my favorite players, one of my favorite players to watch in the game, tell you the truth, not only because I love his name, Roop A. Hints. But because Lupe that, kid, yeah. that kid, if you watch that kid play, that kid gives a hundred percent every single time he's on the ice. Fiery. I mean, he, he is can so fly, underrated. Man. He can fly. Yeah. Everybody you know, who's other, listening you know, you know, to this the other podcast. Guy, you know the, 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 I, I, I don't want to switch things, but there's certain players that you like to watch. Like Kaprizov in Minnesota, every single shift, this kid does something that you notice. Yeah, and 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 Rupe is one of those guys that you just see his effort. He's everywhere on the ice. It's, but he's the their of, number one center. Team, 
But the rest of the team, with the exception of maybe Joe Pavelski, who is not a flashy player, he's actually very, you know, he's very methodical, but extremely smart. Nobody jumps off the page at you on Dallas. They struggle every single night because they're literally being being carried by one line. One line. Yeah. Do you know that Joe Pavelski this year, this, this, like Joe Pavelski, when we played with him, JR, I can still remember this. And I tell Petey this. He was a young guy that came out of, uh, uh, he played for Wisconsin, Wisconsin, I think it was. Wisconsin, yeah. And he came to the team and the kid literally looked like he couldn't lift the, the dumbbell, like, a, yep. like the barbell in the weight room. Okay. Yep. He had no muscle on him. He was not a big guy whatsoever. Nope. On the ice, he struggled. As far as I'm concerned, he struggled yep, skating-wise. Skating like, could yep. barely... I'm, I'm thinking in my head that this guy is going to be in and out of the league, like, immediately. But when you look at Joe Pavelski, his hockey IQ is, is extreme. One of, one, his, of the top, one of the top hockey IQs in all of the world. Yes. He, under, underrated hockey IQ. And the set of balls on this kid the set of balls on this kid to go to the yep. nasty areas. He will take 14 cross checks to the rib yep. mm-hmm. just to score the goal. He will yep. take an absolute beating beyond beatings. He scores all of his goals, Petey, within five feet of the net. And they're all yep. grindy, yep. like junkyard dog goals. Tip-ins, rebounds. Yep. And, and to look at it, this young when man. He, when, when he shoots it, Riv, and uh, unbelievably accurate shooter yes. when he has time. Yes. Yes. So he's 37 years old. He's going to be turning 38 in July. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is a guy 20 years ago, Petey. It looked like he couldn't skate. Okay. Yep. He's still he's in the still, league. He still looks like he can't skate. <laughs> 27 goals this year, JR. 79 points in 80 games. He's played the best this is his i shouldn't say his best year because he had a 79 point season and 41 goals is his best season in the national hockey league he is 37 years old and he's having arguably going to be the best point year of his nhl career at age 37 mind-boggling but you know we also said about him in san jose even after the first year and after you left i stayed with him for another year but he, you knew that this guy was going to be a captain or, or one of the captains Why? for a long time. Why? Because it's the, because the way he, the way he uh, presents himself, the way he carries himself, the things that he says, the way that he plays on the ice, um, he's the confidence that he, that he holds. Um, he's, he doesn't shy away from anything. He's, he opens his mouth and, and speaks when he thinks it's right to be to speak and he's not afraid to say something to somebody that is maybe a little bit um you know hard a lot older than him yeah <laughs> yeah exactly he 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 says what he thinks he should say at the right time yeah. um and he always he, he does it respectfully but he also does it with with proper criticism and yes. and he's a good and he's a rah-rah guy he 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 taps people. On he's the one of pads. the boys. He's 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 a he's a cheerer. He cheers you on. 
and he'll sit down with you and say, you know what, God, this, you didn't, we need to be better. And he always says, we, it's not me and it's yep. not you. He always, always said, hey, listen, we got to be better. So if he was telling me that I sucked that night, he would include himself in that suck, even if he didn't suck, right? So yeah. to me, that's to me, that's a leader. Yeah. Yeah, he had a lot of respect from the older guys. And uh, he was allowed, and I say allowed, to have a voice as a very, very young guy because you could tell the older guys could tell that he had leadership qualities. We love to have fun and joke around. Um, but he also, Pav had a little bit of like Jonathan Taves in him. Like Jonathan Taves was right. like yeah, considered right. like Mr. Serious, you know, when he was like 19, 20, 21 years old, he was like, Captain you know, mature, mature, mature beyond his years. Joe Bavelski had that, but was also a really super fun guy to be around. So yes. immediately so, he gained a lot of respect from the, from the older players. So go back to, the, oh, go ahead, go ahead. And, and, and by the way, it, 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 go, it really helps when you have, um, you know, a captain and leaders on a team for young people. Because I, I think Joe Thornton did a world of good for Joe Pavelski and watching how, how he, he treated the room, right? Can I ask you guys something? Can I add to that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. As much as Joe Thornton was great for the room and Joe Thornton was the captain, but there was also a Patrick Marlowe, okay, mm -hmm. who is a different style of leader than Joe Thornton. He's a very mm -hmm. different person, different uh, demeanor about him, okay? But there was also Jeremy Roenick, okay? Played a long time in this league, has been a leader of his teams, okay? Then you look across and you have, who, who sat beside uh, 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 Joe Pavelski? Do you remember? Was it um, one of the greatest leaders that I have been with also? And I played with him on two different teams. His name's Mike Greer. Oh, Mike okay? Greer. Yeah. Yeah. Greerzy Greer, yeah. was yeah. a, was yeah. an incredible, incredible individual and added to that leadership in, in, in that locker room in San Jose. And we had a tremendous, tremendous amount of success. I think we ended second in the league that year. Um, there was a lot of leadership in that room yeah. to help Joe Pavelski understand yeah, no and learn the, the rights and the wrongs. Can I, can but, I tell but, you? Oh, go ahead. No, but, go ahead. no, last thing. And then you get it. No, it's fine. It's you're, it's, you're our guest, no, man. Awesome. I'm, I'm only here to steer. That's it. That's all I'm good for. But it, but it takes a great, a great guy to take all of that, soak it in, like take the Patrick Marlowe, take the JRs, take the ribs, take the, Thor the Jumbos, take the Greersies, take all of the, all of the good, see some of the bad, take it, wrap it up and, and use that. And I think that's what Joe, Joe Pavelski has done and has created a fucking unbelievable career because of how he has analyzed the game how long do we have with you by the way because there's still a lot of meat on the bone here uh 
what time is it right now? We got the, I got another half hour. So okay. 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 Cause, cause I, cause you know, I still want to get to Matthews. I still want Riv, you know, Riv, Riv has a tendency to want to make a point, but then he goes down a, a rabbit hole and he still hasn't told us what Robertson's going to make next year. And that's fine. We'll get back to that. And I want to well, ask that's your fucking job to steer, right? Well, like, fuck, I'm not interrupting a conversation <laughs> like that, talking about how a guy is a great captain. That's better. Yeah. We can all assume how much Robertson's going to make, but what you guys are talking about, were you guys on the team there in San Jose uh, when they stripped Thornton of the captain and gave it to Marlowe? No, it was the opposite way around. Or they sw- took it off of Marlowe and gave it to... Were you guys there? I was. You yep. guys are both there? What's the, what, there. What, what, what did that do to the locker room? Was that awkward? Um, I don't... It was definitely awkward. Um, I bet you... Well, let, let, let me just preface this by saying there's not one person on on this planet that has played with Joe Thornton that Joe Thornton's not their favorite teammate or didn't love Joe Thornton. So if that captaincy was going to t- be taken off of Patrick Marlowe and put on anybody, it, Joe Thornton is the only person in that locker room that it could have gone on and got and been okay with because nobody in that locker room is going to say, oh, you know, Joe doesn't deserve it. I still disagree and, with it. Well, you can disagree with it, but you know, because you disagreed with the fact that it happened. Like, what, did it? Was it not warranted? I mean, what? What, what do you mean you dis? You you disagree with it? it wasn't it? Wasn't like Patrick Marlowe was a was a terrible uh, leader? Okay, he was the captain of the team. He had been there the longest. He was an incredible player in this league. Okay, and I don't understand what they were thinking that they're going to take the C away from a star player in this league and give it to a larger than life player that everybody knew deep down inside that Joe Thornton was the leader of the room. Let me tell you something. Joe Thornton doesn't need a fucking C on a sweater to be the leader. He was a leader. Even when, when Patrick Marlowe was wearing the C Patrick Marlowe was still a good leader in his own way. By example, kind of guy. Yeah. Like he, he, he did, he led, you know, in, 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 in a different way, Joe Thornton was captivating. He was, you know, you saw Joe, you instantly had a smile on your face. He made you feel good about your game. He came to the rink every day and he joked around like literally not kidding you. He was 11 years old every single day of his life. And then he got on the ice and he became Joe Thornton, the absolute megastar every practice, every game. He changed into a completely different person. Let me ask. Let me ask you a question, Riv. Do you think a captain has to be the guy that is leading, leading the team in all aspects of a team? No. Not at all. No. So, what's 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 the captain's role? Just to just to play well on the ice and be that on the ice person, not the off the ice, not not with the boys, not doing the right things when it's playoff time, leading by example. Um, it's it's an all around it's an all around thing to have that C on your chest, and to me as good as Patrick Marlowe is as a player, which is one of the best that's ever played the game. 
talented beyond talent. Okay. I don't think Patrick Marlowe did all the intangibles that you need as a captain. And he's, he's a very likable guy for a lot of guys. And he's, you know, he's nice and, and, and pleasant to everybody. But the intangibles that you have to have as a, as a captain to bring everybody into, a, into one circle to play the right way, because we're all doing the right things because the top guy is telling us and doing it himself. Um, the A to me with for Patrick Marlowe is much more adequate than the C. Did well, you did was there any heads up to the players when that happened? Like, did any everybody know, or did it just come as surprise? It didn't, didn't surprise me really. Didn't surprise me. Didn't surprise me. But listen, it's no it's no secret. I'm not a Patrick Marlowe fan. I, re- I respect his career and admire him as a player. There's no question. One of the best I've ever seen play the game. There's no question. Never going to take away from that. He's a nice guy. He's a super nice guy. He's extremely, you know, he's family oriented. He's, you know, he's, he's pleasant. But that, sometimes that doesn't win you hockey games. Sometimes that's not the best teammate. Um, to have yeah. yes he's great and, and i've never and again uh, and, and i know ribs loves him and I, I love it for the fact that he loves him i am my, not my thing is I'm, 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 I'm not a patrick marlowe fan i'm not and i'm not going to pretend that i am um for reasons that i that i see or know but his career was fucking Incredible. Was incredible. Like, be, be, and I don't know. Him at all. He was a different type of leader. He was a different type of person. He was very quiet. He was very reserved. Joe was the exact opposite. He was he was like flamboyant. Like he was out there. He's joking around. He's you know, Joe's doing interviews after the game naked. <laughs> And has no love shame that. whatsoever. I, like, I mean, that. zero. But, but, Do you remember the but, comment he had when hey, he said listen, about stroking? He's like, if I if I had scored that many, I would have been doing this. You remember that? Oh, yeah. yeah never mind. Hey, by the, hey, 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 so by the way, like, I'm a firm believer that that if, if you come into the locker room in the in the course of a game after a period, and your team is sucking, and you, and you need a boost, you you need someone beside your coach laying some lumber in in that room i never in two years saw patrick marlowe yelling or or angry at the team or i saw him angry at himself or disappointed in himself but you need someone that has the has the capacity to go in there and challenge your teammates and sometimes hurt their feelings for the better of the of the situation, um, and it's up to the players to to accept it and not let their feelings get hurt. Yeah, um, I didn't I didn't see that in, in a Patrick Marlowe. Patrick Marlowe, when we lost a big game, he would come in and he would be the same demeanor as he was when he got to the rink. And you know, me personally, I like to see fire. I want to see I want to see someone get pissed like pissed off if they lose i i I, that's that's just me now 
Um, again, I'm not taking anything away from Patrick Marlowe's career because it was it was unreal. And he is an unreal player. I'm going to say it again. One of the most talented guys I've ever seen play. But Joe Thornton, to me, deserved was the captain and need, needed to have the C on his chest. Yeah. Well, it, okay. it, it's okay to disagree. Riv, do you want to counter that or you want to move on? No, uh, both were both were great players. Um, Joe is just a, they're, they're two of the polar opposite type of players. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I do believe that, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of teams in this league that have captains and they're led by leadership groups, not an individual. Okay. The, the days of leadership you know, groups have become Eiserman, a common cliche in hockey, by the way, are they? Is that a cliche? Leadership well, groups? Every, everybody has a leadership group. There's not just a captain. I fucking hated, le- I, I hated leadership groups. Oh, it's I so cheesy. We got a leadership group. You know what that is? It's a fr- because it. you want to cater to the guys that don't have the A's because you want to keep them happy. Like, but it also, it, also, it also alienates half your team by yeah. saying, yeah. oh, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not leadership group meeting, okay. seven guys go and meet. The other 16 guys are just hanging out like, oh, I wonder what the seven guys are doing in there. You know what I mean? Everybody, know, every, everybody in the locker room knows who the leaders are. You don't need yeah. a coach to sit there and say, we have a leadership group. You know who the leadership group is? All fucking 20 of you. <laughs> All fucking 20 of you. Yeah, I couldn't, yes, fucking leadership groups. Fuck. So cheesy. Oh, you know, because coaches are afraid to hurt players' feelings. Well, if we don't have uh, Jimmy in the uh, leadership group, by the way, group, that's, the first, by the way that's the that's that's that, that's the the perfect example and definition of hurting somebody's feelings by alienating seven players as a leadership group and and alienating <laughs> seventeen others, like sixteen others. What? Well, fuck. Yeah, well, you're really you're really only protecting three or four other guys because you normally have a captain and what two, three assistants, you know, or you do the assistants on the road and you rotate because you you know you you don't want to hurt anyone's feeling because you get a guy that's getting eighty points but he's not a captain but he should have a letter on his shirt. Anyway, sorry, that's a that's a whole other conversation. But quickly, how about Matthew? How about Matthew sixty? Tucks? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hold hold on, hold on. We're going right there. But I just I have a you mentioned Mike Greer. And I want to give you a classic example of Mike Greer in a subtle leadership uh, example here. It was, I can't remember what year it was. It was one of the two years. or I played with him for three years, actually, here. It was two years maybe I played with him. I can't remember. Two years for sure. So we're skating around. We had a day off the day before. Teams rolling. We're doing very well. And we're, you know, we're just skating around before practice, you know, shooting pucks, you know, like you get out there five minutes before the whistle blows. And my chin strap's undone. Right. And I'm just skating around shooting pucks. Like no one's doing anything serious kind of, you know, and, uh, he just kind of skates up to me, taps me on the, on the fanny with his, the blade of his stick. And he says, buckle up. It's a work day. And he just skated away. That was it. Mm. You know, and, and, and any, and, you know, some guy that like, you know, you might've been out at the bar with on Saturday, like, you know, comes up and taps. You're like, fucking, yeah, you're funny. Eh? You're, yeah, you buckle up. I'll buckle you. You know what I mean? Or, Hey, buckle this Greerzy does it. You know what I did? Did my helmet up <laughs> right away. You know, I'm like, absolutely. Yes, sir. One of the, yeah. one of the, one of the, one of the coolest, one of the coolest teammates. Oh, I just, you know, when I, when I skated, when we played against him in, uh, in San Jose, it was the first year he left our team. You know, we, we show up in San Jose and he stands at the, at the middle of the ice there at the door, tapping everybody on the shin pads before they go off the ice. And I skated over and, and, and I went right up to him and I said, you know what? 
I said, I miss you more than any player that I don't play with anymore. You know, I, and I just, you know, I'm like, I love you, man. He goes, oh, I love you too. And then I go, how's Douglas Murray? You think he, you know, you think he, <laughs> he goes, oh, he's, he, he's like, guys, oh, you're too much for him. He goes, you're, he goes, you're too much for him. Leave Dougie alone. That's what he said. You know, I don't know if he was just being nice to me, but anyway, I was just, you know, and that was Greerzy, you know? And then, yeah, I just, I absolutely love that guy. And I, you know, there aren't enough yeah. good things. Craig used to go in the shower just to watch it and see him wash his back because he's massive this massive guy <laughs> he was huge man like he ate he didn't eat breakfast he would only drink water and then after practice he would have if you remember he always had the same type of protein bar okay he would eat it after practice and then that day in the afternoon around two o'clock what did he have what did he have for for lunch you guys remember Salad. Nope. What? He had pasta. He had pasta and a chicken breast. And then he would not eat the rest of the day. (laughs) Such a beauty. Uh, beauty. The guy's 200. He's 225 pounds without eating anything. He literally does not eat anything. If he would eat, he'd be 280 in a heartbeat. Yeah, he, he, was, that, he was huge. He like I, he, I was he watching would have been, him. He would have been 280 if he had calves. <laughs> yeah. I, I've biggest, never seen such a big, strong guy with like from the ass, knee down. Ass and thighs I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. And when he would wash his bald head, I'd be like standing in the shower, like hot water running down on me. I'm just like standing there. He's washing his bald head and his shoulders and his back muscles the, it is ungodly. Yeah, it, is yeah, it, like, it was unbelievable. And, and you know, the whole time, the whole time, I was thinking, this is this is fucking this bullshit is, because is, he does nothing back. for that. He did nothing for that. Don't tell me that Mike Greer worked harder than me back in the day. There's no way he was given a goddamn gift, man. It's a gift, and I'm sitting he's there a, watching. A, I'm watching family, him man. move his sports family. Yeah, I'm watching his move his hands around his bald head, and these muscles are just popping everywhere in his back. He yeah. was an absolute yeah. animal. Yeah, it's it ridiculous. It's unbelievable. Anyway, All right. Uh, all right. Enough showering with uh, Mike Greer. Um, Austin Matthews, as you mentioned, JR, any jealousy that he's, you know, only American to ever hit 60? No, no. Kidding me? Envious. envious Is he the only envy. American that hasn't scored 60? You well, guys haven't scored not, 60 not, at JR? Not, you never scored 60, JR? You blow. Well, never, unless you, unless you count Brett Hall, who has dual citizenship. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I actually went and looked him up. He was born in Belleville. We're but I know that he's played for USA. Talking about. Yeah, I, I mean, he's, I mean, we'll accept him as American, but he's dual citizenship. But American-born, this, I'll tell you, Austin Matthews is going to go down without question as the best goal scorer that the Americans have ever seen ever. And I think he's a one hit wonder. <laughs> this kid is sick. This kid's the best goal scorer in the game right now. And, and there's, there's nothing but upside for, for him. I mean, unfortunately, unfortunately he's going to get knocked out of the first round of the playoffs and he's not, and, and it's, that's going to, that's going to taint again, you know, his, God, I hope His you're reputation. wrong. I hope you're wrong. You don't because think I really, they have I want to see to take the down Tampa Bay? No, not a chance. Not a chance. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. People are saying they look tired. Not a chance. But uh, they're playing their best hockey right now. 
Yeah, that's true. They're playing. They're playing their best hockey right now. They just absolutely took out Florida. spanked around Florida spanked the other Florida. night. Sick in Florida. In Florida. In Florida. Um, they won again last night. Where they've won like six out of seven, five out of six. They're they're playing. They're playing the best hockey that they've played in a long time going into the playoffs. They're not. They're not. They're not taking. They're not taking these last couple games off, right? Even though their position is set. They they've they've done that before, and they got fucking spanked by Columbus in the first round when they were the the best team in the league. What's they, more impressive to you, Jr. A sixty goal season by Austin Matthews, or a ninety assist season by Jonathan Huberto? What is more impressive? Wow, that's uh, because so to go back to it, you have Austin Matthews. The last time someone scored 60 goals was Steve Stamkos, if I'm not. I think he scored 60. Mm-hmm. Um, Petey will have to look that up when he did it. I think it uh, could be around 2011 14. or 14 or something 13, like that. 13, 14. But the last person to score 90 assists in a season goes all the way back to 2005, and that was Joe Thornton scored 96 assists that year so it's been a very long time for a person that has put up 90 assists in the league so when i go back to it what is more impressive a 90 assist season or a 60 goal season goes all the way back to the old saying in the locker room would you rather be a 50 goals and no assists or zero goals and 100 assists well i know it's such a it's such a crazy question and it's a great question and they're both like the most unbelievably impressive um, statistics, but you got it. But we, we have to take into consideration the assists. Also, there's two assists that is given to every goal. And a lot of times that assists can be, it goes off your skate to another player, to another player. And you really don't have a lot to do with it. Not too often that a puck is just going to glance off your skate and go into the net. You have to do something pretty special to get that puck into the back of the net 60 goals to me is more impressive than a 90 only because it's it's the only one that happens in every goal whereas the assist you get there's a secondary assist which i've had many of that were literally brutal secondary assists i didn't even deserve to get a point on but i got it so um the so you're basically shooting down good. 90 assists is what you, what you've I'm done. Not, today. I'm not shooting it down. I'm just taking. It's kind I'm of taking, I'm taking it uh, at 100 percent to a 99 percent. So okay. I'm, I'm differentiating it by one percent. Do you think he'll hit it? Do you think Huberto? He has two more games left. He has 85 uh, assists right now. Do you think he'll hit it in the next two games? No. No, I I don't think he will. Um, how many games has Austin Matthews played this year? Uh, I got it's it right almost here. Almost nine games less than seventy three. So he's yeah. missed seven. Okay, what I would like to know, what I would like to know. So he's played seventy three games. His first ten. I I and I don't I don't think you guys can look this up fast enough. But I would like to see what Austin Matthews, how many goals he had in his first 
10 games of the season. Cause I he don't didn't think score. He's... He didn't score until his fourth game. Then he went two more games without a goal. Then he had two, then he had zero, then he had two, then he had zero, zero, one, zero, one, zero, zero, zero. So his first three games, so his first 10 games, he had what? Three goals. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He had two, three goals. Three goals in the first ten games. Okay, just think about that. So that's seven games plus seven, eight games. That's fifteen games. You would say fifteen games that he was he got nothing on, right? And they're saying, oh, he scored 50 goals in 50 games, you know, going back to last year, which is a bullshit stat. But you look at the, his percentage of, of goals per game, it's sick. It's, it's, it's sick what he's doing right now. And, but he's, the playoffs are really where it matters, man. And you got to win games in the playoffs and you have to get your team to the next level. And that's where Austin Matthews is right now. He's at that point where he has to get his team to that next level, or he's going to he's going to be thought of as you know, as a great player that never that couldn't get it done in the playoffs. And that's a terrible reputation to have. Like I don't want to have this conversation too prematurely, but it's it's a lot of Leaf fans talk about it, and it's uh, do you think in your gut, Jr. That he is a leaf after this contract. Not if he doesn't win. Not if they don't get past the first round. I think they will. I mean, I think they. I think they will this year. But I, if not this year, next year, or the year after, I think they will. But I just mean in general. Like, what's it going to take I, for him to to finish his career here? Or do you think it's? Or do you I think his relationship with Bieber is enough? <laughs> I, I, I think. Austin Matthews really, really in like wants to win really bad. All these goals and all these points are great for him. Uh, I think he's 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 a he's a true competitor and and a and a guy that uh, that wants to win and will do what it takes to win. And if he doesn't win with the team around him where he is and he's putting up these kind of numbers, he's gonna. And by the way. Have, have to listen to the media of Toronto, you know, browbeat and Matt bash his team for not making the playoffs. But there's, there's no way in my mind he's going to stick around there. I think he will. Because, you know, like look, Toronto is so competitive. They're so competitive. They've been one of the better offensive teams in the National Hockey League for a number of years. I don't think Austin Matthews is going to sit there and look at this saying it's a colossal yeah, but that's failure. That's regular season. That's regular season. You well, can't take a regular season and 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 say that. Rip, look at their playoff stats going back to two thousand four. After two thousand four, look at their playoff stats and their success in the last almost eighteen years. Eighteen years. But whose fault is that? Like who? Whose fault so it is that? It, 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 like, so you, like you're said. you're telling me he's just going to give up? He's going to give up on an organization right now? They're fourth in the National Hockey League. If they win their next game and Carolina loses, they're going to have 115 points, and they're going to be third in the National Hockey League. You need to tell me, like, 
Toronto is going to be a very good hockey team for a long time because they have they have the offense, they have the the skill. They said I, I that, just, they, they said that four years ago. Okay, when but got, like, who got, is that on? Is that is that not on Austin Matthews? Part of it is, yes. Okay, so why get, why is he going to leave to go to something better when he's got a team right now that's a top five team every year in the National Hockey because, League? Why would he leave? Because, because you know as well as I do that one player, one person is not going to get you past that. You can only do as much as you can do, right? You can, you can only do as much as you can do. And so how, how, how much is Austin Matthews going to take, right? And I'll, I'll say the same thing with, with, the, with the McDavid. Like how, how much can you take of being, being productive, losing, and having the media browbeat you all the time and having going out in the public and the fans saying, what the fuck's wrong with you guys? And, and then the craving to want to win a championship and you haven't even gotten out of the first round. Don't you think that maybe I should try someplace else? Uh, I mean, JR, do, do you think he, uh, do you think, <laughs> I don't want to say does the weather, but the kids from Arizona, nah, okay, he's, he he loves Toronto. Yeah. Loves Toronto. Okay. All right. All he right, does. Right. He does. Right. He loves Toronto. It's it's. I believe it's that. I sense down. that. I just I don't know. I just wonder if a guy from Arizona wants to go back to how Arizona long did he live in Arizona? His, most of his life, he he yeah, moved there when he was like he moved there when he was he a baby. Young. Okay. Yeah. He was born in he was California. Born in California. Born in California, and then moved there. So either way, I mean, he's a he's a Sun Belt kid. Yeah. Right. But I'm telling. I don't think that I don't think Austin Matthews is going to leave Toronto to go to an Arizona. I don't think he'll do that. If Austin Matthews leaves Toronto, it's going to go to a team that has enough cap space where he can still make his money and have a good chance to win, like a New York Rangers, like a Colorado, like something like that, right? Where they can maneuver shit. Um, I don't. I. How, how much longer does Austin Matthews have in his contract? Two more years. One more year. After this year, he's got two more years. So two more years. So I it's mean, it's be very interesting. early, very early to say, I mean, two years are going to go by quick, but still that's a, it's a long time. A lot can happen in that, in that time frame. But as looking at it right now, because I, I seriously do not think that Toronto is going to win the first round. Uh, that's going to be another year of bowing out in the first round. Now in what, in 18 years, they've made the playoffs seven times. Now, seven, eight times in 18 years. And they still haven't gotten out of the first round. Yeah. If, you're, if you're in Toronto playing for Toronto with that media, with that media and that fan base and that much scrutiny, that's got to be one awful place to play in the month of May after the first round. So, Jay, in, in your opinion, what is, what is Toronto missing? And, and, you know, you have Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. Like, can we, it, it is insane that we do not even talk about Mitch Marner hardly at all. He has 35 goals this year and okay. 97 Riff, points. Riff, Riff, enough, enough about the offense. We know that. What wins games in playoffs? Well, me personally, what what really truly wins you games in the playoffs is your elite players playing elite. That's Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, uh, Neilander, and Tavares. If they're playing elite level hockey, there's your shot. There's your chance. You also need 
a third and fourth line that play a style that is we, just relentless. We all, and then we all the know most that, important thing, we all most know important, that. The most we important all know thing, everything has to come together. Everything has to come together. But what's the main ingredient? You got to defend. You have to defend. You have to have a hot goaltender and you have to defend. Yep. You cannot. What do we say about Toronto? What are we saying about Toronto the last two months? Do what? Bet on the over. Yeah. Bet on the over. Yeah. Bet on They're the winning over. games 6 5, 7 because 6. Because it's, tra- it's a track meet. When the playoffs happen, you cannot rely on the track meet games to win series because there are other teams that are going to knuckle it down defensively, that are going to, to button up their defensive game and then rely on their offensive guys to do both. Right now, Toronto, their offensive guys don't play defense. They get into track meets. They don't come back. They don't help their defense. They leave their goaltender out to dry, and they win 6-5, 7-5, 6-4, right? You yeah. can't do that. You, you, can't, you can do that once in a while in the playoffs, but you can't make it. <laughs> now, can Florida do that? Florida has a better all-around team line per line defensive, defensively and goaltending than Toronto has. They might be able to do it because they work both ends of the ice. But Toronto doesn't, and that's what's yeah. going to end up hurting them. They well, don't have Jay- a goaltender. They don't, uh, they don't have a goaltender that they can rely on to get into track meets with. They need that goaltender needs support by the other five guys on the ice coming back and protecting the house. So, yeah, and it's not the it's not the freaking defense. Like I'm sitting there, like everybody no, keeps the saying, like no, it's the it's the forwards. Just they keep saying just, Toronto needs better defense. They need to they need to get a stud defender. Like defense. I'm going to tell you this: Morgan Riley is a stud. He's ten goals, yeah. sixty seven points, plus sixteen. Yeah. You have they brought in TJ Brody who is a very solid Great. defender, very super underrated, by the way, so, crazy yes. underrated. The Justin yes. Hall is a big kid, moves the puck. Well, he's a great third pairing defenseman. You have Jake Muzzin, who is a defender. He's physical. Um, like they have a very solid defense core. You, br- you bring in uh, the captain, um, Giridano, who, like, I mean, they have a a pretty solid defense core, but they're still losing games 5-4. Riv, I've I've been in a locker room with you when you have fucking yelled at the forwards, get your fucking ass back. Like, there's too many outnumbered situations. Fucking get the puck in deep. Quit turning the puck over at the red line. That's, you know... You defensemen, you can't tell me that defensemen don't feel alienated at times because the guys are in, that are in front of you aren't busting their ass back to get into position to help you make the play that you need to make. 100%. Defense play the game completely differently knowing that they they're have backed up. You can be a much more aggressive on the guy with the puck and you yep. can be much more physical and you, and the guy may even he might even beat you and go around you but you're going to get a piece of him and slow him down knowing yep. that you have a forward that's going to be right there to pick up the puck you know right. and it's how you play the game right now Toronto 
they are so, and, and, and this has to, like, we're talking about Austin Matthews. If he doesn't make the playoffs or gets by the first round, he's the fucking reason why they're not getting by the first round. As much as he is unbelievable offensively, he needs to care just as much about the defensive side of things because we all, the cliche, what's the cliche? Defense wins championships. championships. I think you two shitheads should honestly pair up as a duo and go and put in a resume to coach a fucking team. I'm not even joking. I'm not even joking. I just want to be the guy that books all the travel and the dinners. Okay. That's, that's all I want to do on the team. JR, we're going to let you go. Cause we're up against the clock. I think Riv has a dentist appointment or something. Um, get my checklist before we're knocked out years ago. Before we go, uh, I wanted to just mention, uh, Oh, how was your golf thing last week? It was great. I, I hit the ball really well. I placed ninth. I finished ninth. I had, I, had some great teammates, partners that I played with. I played at Rocco Mediate. I played with Harris Frazier. I played Larry with the Flesh. Cable Guy. Yeah, I saw Larry, Larry the, the Cable, cable Guy. guy. Yeah, I yeah. saw Larry the Cable Guy years ago here in Buffalo at Shays. And one of his appropriate jokes that I can say, he says, I used to be a lifeguard, but some blue kid got me fired. <laughs> kid that drowned, Riff. Oh. That's, he's, you know, he's, like he wasn't a good he's lifeguard. Not, he's he's, I wasn't even paying attention because I'm still trying to get ninth oh. around oh, my yeah. head. Like, okay. you know what, Jr. Yeah. If you're not gonna, if you're not gonna come in and win championships, we're not having I you know. on the show. Had we known we're that you finished ninth I, before the, the show, way, Jr., we probably way, wouldn't even hey, had you. Listen, on. this is so. This my golf game. I'm a, I'm going to I'm going to equate to the hot to the Toronto Maple Leafs um, playoffs. I drove the ball amazing. I hit the ball to the green amazing. I putted like a donkey. Putting wins championships like defense wins there championships. And right. I left it out to dry. You must have a lot of uh, mini putts there in Arizona. So Here's another thing I want to see. I want to see you two guys in a team playing against Bissonette and Whitney in their golf shootout. That's what I would love to see. That would be, be unbelievable. Well, they, 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 they asked me to do one of those. So, Rivs, if you want to play with me, you and I will take them on. Oh, that would be amazing. That would be absolutely amazing. Uh, last thing I'll, I'll ask you. I, I watched him play. I'll take Biznet. When's the whiskey coming? So, I'm supposed to go to Wisconsin to, uh, to do my first bottling next week. So the bottles are in place. They're marking the bottles up and we're just getting ready to do our first pour. And I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Well, you can, you can mention that on this platform for free, by the way, (laughs) anytime you, anytime you want, I love it. I love it. Anytime you want, we'll, we'll break up the show three different times to run three different commercials for you, JR. Good stuff, man. Thanks for the extra time today, bud. Appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Right. Boys. Thanks, Jair. See you. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.